welcome back to the hubcast y'all it's getting to be the end of the year we're all feeling probably the crunch and the cruise of it being the end of the year and all of the craziness that that entails i feel like it's either one extreme or the other for people it's either like you're like once you hit thanksgiving or american thanksgiving it's cruising through the end of the year or once you hit american thanksgiving all hell breaks loose and <laughs> you just have to do like a year's worth of work before the rest of the holidays come which is like three or four weeks so uh, what are you guys feeling steph jess how are you guys feeling? i'm, I'm definitely option b yeah, uh, I'm not sure. surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I will say this. I feel like I'm more ahead of things than I have been. So the things that I'm frantically trying to do are setting me up for success next year, not literally trying to host a December event like I did last year. So oh, gosh. I'm uh, still in a better position than I was a year ago. There you go. But I'm definitely on the uh, frantic side of it, knowing that we only have a certain number of sprints and working days left and just looking at the things that I need to get done. Not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I made it a point, like working in agency uh, life, I made it a point last year that I start talking about what's the ho- plan for the holidays, November 1st with all of my clients. So by making that promise to myself again this year, all of my particular HubSpot consulting clients know like the holidays are a crazy time. We might get a lot done, but if not, we're going to set ourselves up for success in 2022. And we're going to make sure we take the time we need to disconnect and spend time with our families and friends. So I feel like setting those expectations early and repeating them often is the key for any agency person to actually have a holiday. So plan's going great. Plan's going great. You know, I generally find that people are pretty understanding about holidays, especially when when you get ahead of things. There's not a lot of people that aren't going to be like, oh, yeah, you should take some time off for New Year's and Christmas or whatever you're celebrating. And um, it's really the the communication that is the most important. I'm in an interesting spot where three weeks after New Year's, I'm going to be going out on maternity leave. So (laughs) that brings a like a different level of crunch. Like I don't feel like the crunch of the end of the year. I feel the crunch of maternity leave and figuring out what I'm going to do for all of that. So, um, but all good things. Yeah, that is, that's the nice part about me not being on the client facing side too, is I actually, I did, proactively take off the time between Christmas and New Year's that week. Um, and I'm able to, because I don't have client calls. I don't, you know, if I get everything done in time, I don't really have to do anything that week and it doesn't affect anyone. So mm. I'm actually unplug for a little bit, which would be nice. Plan ahead and communicate early. Yeah. So typically we do a segment called Marcus stirs the pot, <laughs> Dana stirs the pot, Steph stirs the pot. This week, it is HubSpot stirs the pot. How meta. HubSpot <laughs> stirs the spot. Yeah. And that's because if, I mean, pretty much if you, I guess if you've activated HubSpot video in your portal, which is probably most people using HubSpot for any length of time, you got an email in your inbox this month with the subject line, 
important updates about your Vidyard account. Hmm. And HubSpot announced that they are moving the HubSpot video platform off of Vidyard. So you may not even have realized this if you aren't using Vidyard for other things, but HubSpot video in the back end is really just Vidyard's back end. And it's really hosted on Vidyard. Um, and you can connect your Vidyard account. So if you're using a paid Vidyard account, you can connect it and you can get all of those like HubSpot video analytics in your Vidyard account along with all of your other Vidyard videos. But I think what happened with this email was a lot of people didn't really understand how all of that worked and had a little bit of a panic attack. Yeah. That something crazy was going to happen with their Vidyard account or with their HubSpot videos. Did you guys experience the same thing? Indeed. I think yeah. it was just general confusion. And I also felt like I was playing catch up because, you know, all these clients came to me with alarm saying, what is happening, Jess? And then I had to figure out what was happening because I didn't know either. So by piecing together the different communication and outreach, that happened, you, know, you can see, okay, this is not as much of a big deal as we thought. Like it's really a minor change. They're, you know, trying to make it right by offering some white glove services to have HubSpot or Vidyard or whoever take care of everything for you. But I think in the communication messaging strategy, there was just, we wanted to get people's attention and we got their attention, uh, but maybe a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those things where people started freaking out and I was like, wait, I didn't think this was a big deal. Is it a big deal? Yes. <laughs> so Steph, as knowing more of what Impact does, like Impact uses Vidyard internally. So what impact does this change have like on what we're doing, if any? Uh, yeah, you know, I would say very little. Uh impact on what we're doing, we are still going to be using all of the Vidyard paid features that we use in our account. So even though the core hosting of the videos in HubSpot through HubSpot video won't be on Vidyard anymore, um, all of the integration still exists. And uh, like for Sales Hub, there's the native integrations, anything where you're used to having, not anything, but anywhere where you used to be having a Vidyard record button um, will still exist. It, you know, I think things might just look slightly different, but like anything you're doing with one-to-one -one videos, um, embedding videos on HubSpot landing pages, things like that, uh, even just the analytics, like you mentioned, viewer engagement data, that's still all gonna be pushed to HubSpot with the integration. Uh, it's just the hosting of the HubSpot video videos will, exists in a different place. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what's just been confusing this whole time. And, you know, what was confusing, I think about the email is that it said HubSpot video is not going to connect to your Vidyard library anymore. Yeah. Which is true. If you like actually understand what HubSpot video as a product is <laughs> and how it worked before, but for all the people that use Vidyard, like we do in a, in a paid uh, with paid accounts that sync over through the integration, we're like, wait, HubSpot's not going to connect to Vidyard anymore. Like, 
that's a huge deal, but that's not actually the case. Yeah, All like the you integration just, stuff. You just there. have to use an embed code instead of literally pulling it from a library view of, you know, a thumbnail view. Exactly. Uh, which, if you remember originally, HubSpot video was the videofication of all things in HubSpot. It was not a video recording tool, a video upload library. It was just the, the infusion of video across a variety of areas. So right. um, I, I don't think it'll, it doesn't affect me much. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the, the TLDR of that is that it's probably not going to affect you very much. If you're using HubSpot video, you're uploading videos straight to HubSpot. You're probably not, not using the Vidyard connection anyway. And HubSpot's just going to automatically just transfer those over to their new backend, but it's not going to feel any different for you. Um, and you're not going to, you know, be losing anything other than HubSpot passing data into your Vidyard account. So, and if you love conversely, if you love Vidyard and all the features you have, like they still are integrating and working well with Vidyard, their relation or with HubSpot, excuse me, the Vidyard HubSpot relationship is still strong. Um, and the integration is still strong. It's just not going to power this particular aspect of it. And ironically, I feel like a lot of this confusion could have been solved if they had just recorded a video and shown you <laughs> what it looked like before and what it's going to look like after. No, you nailed it. Oh, it just been too easy. Yeah, absolutely nailed it. <laughs> That's a lot. What is what have been a Vidyard video or a HubSpot video? I don't know. Yeah. But a video would have been great they here. Design. That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to let that mic drop right there. I got, I got a wish list item from our friend Ari in the HubSpot right. user Slack, always dropping good ones. Uh, this one, we've actually had a couple in the HubSpot user Slack recently just around meetings links and just basically more customization of the meetings tool. This one specifically was about customizing meeting reminder and meeting booked emails. Um, pretty straightforward, but there's really minor customization allowed. Um, and that just makes it, it's difficult because like you can't add anything of value in that email. And so they get like the calendar invite email and they get the confirmation email and it's like completely redundant essentially. Um, I don't really understand why HubSpot hasn't allowed for customization in this area of the tool. Like I understand the calendar invite. You can't really do much about that. I, I get that that part is hard, but like the confirmation email and the reminder email or the follow-up email, like why not like have it be a HubSpot, you know, marketing email style template or a one-to-one -one email style template. Like there's, we've added automation to like workflow functionality to the deals board to, you know, service tickets to like follow up surveys, all of that functionality is so streamlined and, you know, it's so familiar in every area of the tool. You just know you can trigger automation and do like customize the thing that this is such a well used and like beloved area of HubSpot being able to use meeting links to quickly coordinate calendars. It seems like a total missed opportunity not to take that like really easy marketing email automation. You know, maybe, maybe you can hack it. I could put a video in those emails. 
Oh yeah. Going back to the video thing. Uh, I've always wanted that though. Like if I, if someone connects with me on LinkedIn after an event and I can send them an event specific meeting link where I know we're following up from this event, it sends an, it sends a meeting invitation in the description. It says that we're meeting about this event. They should get an email from me with a video talking about Mm. we met at this event. Like there's just so much opportunity there. And I use my meeting link 87 times a day. (laughs) Yeah. uh Now, question to the group can we hack this could you create a workflow that would be specific of like if you were booked via this meeting link i believe you can and like insert your personalization tokens and then then get your pretty video in there and like all this stuff you could do it i really want there i can't remember if we've had this as a wish list item or not i really want there to be just meetings based workflows yeah yes so that you can just say when a meeting is booked do this thing. Like that yeah. seems like that is the answer to that. That is the answer for sure. I'm guessing it's probably something that needs to be rebuilt in the back end so that meetings mm-hmm. are essentially an object mm-hmm. that you can then like pull in like the date and time and all of that stuff, which it doesn't function like that now. So I feel like every time I've tried to hack it, it's it's not quite as reliable. Like you have to use like the if like, last meeting booked is known or like stuff like that, which is only reliable in very specific use cases. So I will, I will note that the product update, the product team has posted updates on this thread because there's like 600 upvotes on this feature. Um, And they said they're still like working on the product roadmap, but they are working on the following two things. One, the ability to insert specific clickable times into the email. That would be amazing. And the ability for attendees to cancel and reschedule using the meetings scheduling experience. Ooh. Yeah. Those will be great things to have for sure. And hopefully this will be the next thing that they yeah. prioritize as a team. If you agree, Get into the show notes, click the link in this section and vote it up. It's impactplus.com slash hubcast. This is episode 277. Now, last month, we were talking all about inbounds, every all of our takeaways, all the big announcements, but what got thrown to the wayside was all of the sweet little product updates that came (laughs) out that month, which there were many. And so this is going to be just like a product update marathon. Don't worry. There's not that many stick around. (laughs) A product Um, update Palooza, if you will. Yeah. Product update Palooza (laughs) because there's a bunch and you know, they're not like the big things like HubSpot payments, but there are some significant things in here not the least of which is there is a current public beta for associating multiple companies on not just contacts, but deals and tickets and being able to label all of those associations. So the labeling of those associations is pro and enterprise uh, functionality. But this is, and, and they're continuing to build this out more, right? It's still in beta. Um, but I am, I'm such a, 
I'm so happy about this. <laughs> it hopefully <laughs> eliminates the, the need to create custom objects for things like referral partners, right? Mm -hmm. Where like, if I have a company that's a referral partner, they can be associated to a contact with that label. They can be associated to a deal with that label. So when I want to do reporting, I can remove anybody that's like labeled as a referral partner. Um, and then you can do similar things like in workflows when you're like looking at associations, you can do all associated or just the people that have a certain association label. So I think this is going to be a really big win for a lot of people. You guys agree? Yes. <laughs> I I was just soaking it all in. I'm like, there's so many, so many opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, if you get in there, if you go into your, your settings, um, into your association settings, you can opt into the beta. HubSpot will tell you, you cannot opt out if you opt in. <laughs> Um, but I don't understand why you would want to opt out, even if you didn't end up using the custom associations. Um, but I do highly recommend it because I feel like almost every company that I encounter has some kind of like different type of association that they want to mark primarily between contacts and companies. Yeah. Um, right. So like referral partner, but also like, you know, a contractor, um, or like somebody that is a, um, like somebody that's going to like take over, like do the onboarding for somebody or something like that. There's just like so many different use cases for that stuff. Um, and it, it's one of those things I think that's like come up so many times. Like I cannot count how many times people are like, can you associate like more than one company to a contact? Cause this person, like they own this company, but like they work for this other company and then they're on the board for this other company. It's like, yep. oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. oh man, I'm psyched about it. It's little things. It's the little things. That'll be a big win for a lot of organizations when it's really fully rolled out in life. Yeah. I don't think it's quite in the customer port builder yet, but like it's, it's all going that direction. Um, I was actually, I was watching the part, I think it was like a partner, like vision for 2022 with HubSpot and don't worry, I'm not going to share anything that's like proprietary, <laughs> but one of the like analogies that they used for how they are developing the product is like when they're building a car rather than just like spending three years like building this like perfectly you know designed car that does everything that everybody wanted it to do and they release it after three years they like build a skateboard first and they're like well the skateboard is going to get you going to where you need to go faster than nothing but it's not the car yet, but we're going to let you ride the skateboard and tell us all the things you like and don't like. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to like make a scooter and then we're going to make a bike. And like, I don't know, I just thought it was really cool because I, I think that, you know, in the past there's been things like features that have come out. That's like, Oh, like, that's really great. But like, Oh, it's not quite there yet. But the reason that they're doing it is to actually be able to build something that's better ultimately. Um, and I just thought I never like heard them, talk about their product development that way. So I thought that was really cool. Anyway, 
You can also do saved sections for website and landing pages now, which is, I think, the most clutch for when you're doing big site updates or like a whole redesign where you might have, like, you might be doing, you might create all of your website pages and you have like filler content in different sections. And then you realize like, oh, this section, this same section has to be on a bunch of pages, but I already have the pages created. Yeah. And up until this point, it was like, you could copy and paste the content into each module, but you couldn't just like take the whole section. Um, so now you can just click a little button and save the section. And then you can just drag and drop it wherever you want. And you can do the same thing in emails actually too, um, which is even uh, almost even better. Like, I feel like that is like universally usable for people. <laughs> Thank God. Finally. I mean, it feels like it was never that much of a reach to get to this place. Yeah. And yet we ate it so long. <laughs> <laughs> Happy it's here. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, another pretty big one actually is, and this one was announced at, at inbound as well, and it's in public beta for service pro and enterprise is a customer portal, which is really just a way for people to log in and view the status of the tickets that they're associated with. That's like basically how it functions right now. You mean the thing that HubSpot has had for their customers forever and have wanted to like, like all the HubSpot customers like, hey, can we do that thing that you already do? And they're like, no, 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 no. not yet. Yeah. <laughs> that. Um, which is great because it's just like HubSpot is like building all of the things that like their, you know, their inner teams use that are probably like different platforms. <laughs> but basically they can log in, they can view, open, reply to their support tickets. Um, so you can get to it from the knowledge base, but you can like put direct links to it. I don't think right now it's like super customizable in terms of the look and feel of it, which again, I think is totally fine. People just need to be able to get in there and see their tickets. Um, so if you're using customer support or using service sub for customer support stuff, that's going to be huge. Um, another nice to have that's in beta right now is a list restore bin. <laughs> now what I want to know is if you guys have any horror stories of deleting lists that you didn't mean to delete. You know, just by your face, you look like you might. <laughs> I, okay. I think there's like 17 steps to delete a list. It's not, there's like two, but I mean, you get your fair warning. If you mess this yeah. up, it's kind of on you, but boy, have I had other people delete my list. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah there you go absolutely i i was thinking of my my deletion related horror stories i don't know if i have one that's list related uh like that's a really good one i did have someone delete their like an outdated version of their logo that was tied to <laughs> so much crap in their portal and i don't know i don't assuming that HubSpot gives you some sort of warning, like, hey, this file is used in a million different places. Maybe you don't want to do this. So I'm unsure how they deleted their logo, but then they just had a little broken image icon, like all over the damn place. And obviously you can't go back and then like replace the image that you've already deleted. So no, you have to go in and individually update all those broken image places. 
with a new logo that you've just redesigned. So that's my best, like, oops, we deleted something we really didn't mean to, and now we're suffering the consequences (laughs) story. Yeah. This is also like, just a note, this is only for active lists right now. They did mention that they're like working to build it for static lists, which basically is like, well, you could then, you could rebuild any of those lists. So it's really only an issue if it was like a really complicated like list logic that you were using that you don't actually remember exactly what it was or something like that. Um, so basically right. you get a 90 day recycle bin for active lists. I'll so take but taking this along its logical path. So does HubSpot warn you if the list is being used in say a workflow? As yes, a it does. And yet someone still deleted my list. Okay, <laughs> but then it will warn you, but then you can delete it anyway, right? I, you know what? That is a good question. I believe you cannot anymore, but you used to be able to. I think now if it's used in something because they have that used in section, the delete yeah. button's grayed out, right? Yes. Okay. I, which At makes it that way for properties. Yeah, it's it makes it super hard to untangle a portal because of all that used in crap. I will say there's like the downside of that is that you can just never clean up anything fully without a heck of a ton of work. Yeah, I tried to do the audit the list once, and then I was like, well, I guess I have to audit the workflows. I went to audit the workflows. It's like, I guess I have to audit the forms. And then oh it's a, it's a, it was all too hard. But I'm wondering if, if it's still possible to delete a list that is being used in a workflow. If you restore that list, is it restored in the workflow triggers? These are the I questions. Don't, I don't think you actually can delete a list being used in a workflow anymore. Ah, yeah. Okay. And I do know that it is, when it's restored, it is a different list ID. So like if you've done Ah. anything in the back end, like with an API or something like that, like your developer or your developers are doing anything with lists and they're using the list ID, then it doesn't Mm -hmm. fix that. The other thing is I think it used to stop you from deleting it from workflows, but not like reports or other lists and now it, it does stop you from everything i know you can't delete a list that's being used in a report and i think what happened to me last time was someone deleted a list that was being used as criteria in another list that was being used in a workflow oh that's tricksy yeah but i'm now like i mean i can see if you find something that's used in a lot of things like i'm looking at one right now it's used in 26 places 18 lists four emails, two workflows, one view, and one custom lead scoring rule. And you can click into them. Um, and be showing that it is a list used in other lists is indeed a, a reason it will stop you. I still like it. People will delete my list. Yes. <laughs> left and, right, and I just, I'm happy it's there. <laughs> yes. Always nice to have the recycle bin. Man, I can't tell you how many times just like, like contact and deal. Yeah. Recycle bin has been very clutch for a variety of reasons. Absolutely. Speaking of being clutch for a variety of reasons, there <laughs> are more date options available in the custom report builder now. So we've got additional rolling date range filters. Plus my, one of my favorites is you can do fiscal year stuff in the custom report mm. builder. So if you're using, and you can set your fiscal year in the settings. So I'm always surprised by the randomness of all of the different fiscal years for different companies and different industries. So you can now set that and then you can use like the year over year or like the yearly report, all of that, like so far this year can be so far this fiscal year. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which is going to be great for a lot of people. Definitely. Something that I know that all three of us have been waiting for for a very long time is A-B testing emails through workflows. Hey, there it is. A-B testing <laughs> automated emails. Wow. Finally. Again, felt like it should have been there all along. <laughs> I've been waiting a decade. It's fine. It's amazing. <laughs> so I love how we can't even be joyful about these new updates. We're just like jaded. Like, why wasn't this here sooner? Why can't we all just be excited that the new one for so long is here? Uh, I am I'm very happy. Yes. Have you used it yet, Steph? No. <laughs> I, I have not either. I feel uh, like in theory, I'm just glad that this is now an option, but I have yet to have a client that was like, let me dive in and try this thing. So, I, we actually yeah. just, Connor and I were just talking about it with some of our Impact Plus introductory onboarding emails, and we had been optimizing some of the subject mm -hmm. lines. Um, I, I'm, I, It's always that like you get so excited and it's like one variable at a time and you have to remember to actually test it and then go back and look at it and make changes. Don't yeah. just like make two versions of a bunch of different things and set it and forget it. So, uh, you know, I want to do it in the right way that's going to actually make a difference. Um, so we brainstormed some subject lines. Very responsible of you. I know, you're such a responsible host by you. <laughs> yeah, such a responsible A-B tester. I like to think that I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm particularly excited about this for things like onboarding flows and any kind of nurture flows that we can actually like a b test and we don't have to manually be like okay for a month we'll send this email and then for another right. we'll send this other email there was a day where i would just be like if first name starts with a through m and oh if send email one if first name starts with yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's a lot more first names that start with a through m if you include mike so like you know, Mike, Michael, Mark. So I just <laughs> Mark Mark and Mike. So I just ended up having to put M on the second half. Got it. Interesting. Things you learn. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Yeah. And if you're wondering how it works, it, it basically works like you would think it works when you're in the email editor. You can now create a test. Um, and HubSpot runs it like 50-50 split between the two variants. And then once there's a winner, it sends to that winner based on either open or click rate. You know what I want now? What? Now I want them in sequences. Yes. <laughs> that would be... I'm never happy. Great. So close yet, so far. <laughs> it's, a it's a start. Here's one that caught me off guard that it was just like, I just didn't even, I had never, like, when I saw it, I thought, yes, I've been wanting this, but I had never articulated that or like knew that I wanted it until I saw it, which is a public beta for the latest source property. So we of course have the original source property that tells us where somebody originally came from, but now the latest source property tells you like basically the last source that brought a contact to your website. So if they've been cookied and they've like converted previously and they've come back, then it's gonna tell you like, did they come back from search, direct, paid, social, all that good stuff. And it includes the two drill down properties just like the original source property does too. Um, 
So I think there's some really cool things that we'll be able to do that. And it was actually, I, you know, I was talking to a company who wanted to be able to see basically exactly this. Like they, they have, you know, historical data about customers who, you know, have been around for several years and like they're, they don't really care what the original source of that customer was. What they care about was like, well, they recently converted on the site and like, how did that happen? But there was no way to really see that without looking at an individual contact record. So this latest source properties is going to give us exactly that. I remember like five years ago at my job before Impact, my boss wanted like this report. And I was like hacking it, trying to figure out how to get this report. Yeah. Like even just taking something and saying, of all the people who converted on this, who were already here, like which of these two things that we did sent more people back? And I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. You know, you could do stuff with like the last, last touch converting campaign or the last conversion, but that's really just a different thing than the source. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Steph, you got one for us. Yeah, I figured I'd just throw this in here if we had a moment. Uh, So applications for HubSpot's 2022 Customer Advisory Board are open. And yes, I applied. So hopefully I get get in. Uh, The HubSpot Customer Advisory Board is a board that connects HubSpot leadership directly to super engaged customers, which if you are listening to this, it means you're probably cool and you're probably using HubSpot a whole bunch. So you should apply. Uh, This is how HubSpot learns from customers a little bit, a little bit deeper level than um, the ideas form in the community and helps them, you know, grow better. Uh, So the the advisory board members can come from any role, marketing, sales, service, operations, uh, different industries, different regions. There are a few things like you have to speak English. Uh, The board meetings are conducted primarily in English, which if you're listening to us, I guess you're good. And uh, you have to commit to, I think it's one meeting a quarter, uh, but it's pretty simple. And I've never actually been on this particular customer advisory board. I was on the one for inbound. Um, So I'm, it was started in 2019. And so this is only the third year they'll be doing it. And uh, I'm excited to see what they do with it, whether I, whether I'm allowed in or not, (laughs) but yeah, uh, yeah, check it out. The applications close uh, the end of the year on December 31st. We offer Stephanie as our tribute, and I sincerely hope that you get on the board so that you can tell us all that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You don't want to compete with me for this? Because you can only have one person for a company, by the way. I mean, <laughs> if it's you or me, I'd rather it be you. <laughs> but, if it's, but if it's no one from our company, I'd rather it be me. <laughs> so. I hope Spot Bobblehead and I have applied. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am going to assume that if you're on the advisory board, you're probably going to get some pretty cool insider info too on what's going on with the company. I impact is on the partner advisory council, um, which is specific to yeah. the partner program. I fully expected this customer advisory board to say, if you're a partner, you can't be on the advisory board. I didn't see anything that specifically said that. Uh, so wouldn't be shocked if they changed their minds, but I was like, no. I don't have clients. It doesn't matter that I'm a partner. Right. And I've been using HubSpot with, on both agency and non-agency side for years. So yeah, hopefully. I know that the partner advisory council is like a really great, like it's the opportunity for all the partners to give feedback on the partner program, but also just on the, the platform in general. But it is also a place where we get to get like insider info too on yeah. different things that are happening, product roadmaps, things that they're thinking about that we're not allowed to talk about. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so if you are a HubSpot Power oh. user, this would be an awesome, awesome thing to be a part of for sure. Yeah, and if you if you listen to this and you know you have ideas and you want to vote things up, I mean, this is the best way to make ideas heard. The questions in the application are actually very good questions, I think, for them. They're asking the right things of people, and one of them is a part of one of them is like, do you have a particularly strong stance on anything related to HubSpot? I just think that's a great question. Yeah. And I'm sure that you had a good answer for it. <laughs> you know, I don't have as strong of a stance as I did a couple of years ago. I think I was fighting for a yeah. couple of things for a really long time and I got them and it's just like, yeah. well, now but, it's all this little stuff. So yeah, I feel you on that. Well, if you want to apply to the customer advisory board, there is a link in the show notes uh, again, this is episode 277, impactplus.com slash hubcast. Jess, Steph, thanks for you know winding down the year with me. We're really excited about HubSpot in 2022. I think 2021 was, was a great year for HubSpot. Um, I mean, for HubSpot as a company, it certainly was a great year. Absolutely. <laughs> If you remember a couple episodes ago, you know, Darmesh is a billionaire, so they're having a great year, but product wise, man, I, I love the end of the year episodes and just looking back at all of the product updates that have come out, like all the things that we've been talking about and seeing how far the product has come. It's really fun. So thanks for taking the journey with us, everybody. And uh, last but certainly not least, if you're not in the HubSpot user Slack, there is a link in the show notes. It's a great spot. Put questions, put things that make your head explode. That's like maybe 50% of what's in there is like, how do I do this thing? Or why can't I do this thing? Or what's the workaround for this thing? Um, But we love it. We're all in there and we'd love to have you in there too. So we appreciate you guys. And we hope that you have a wonderful end of the year. And until next time, this is Karina Duffy, Stephanie Baiocchi, and Jess Palmieri saying to you, Get out there and get after it.